It's Monday the 8th of February. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Well Shane, I'll tell you what, couch potato heaven this weekend. It was and uh, and today with the Super Bowl mate I'm absolutely full of chicken wings. It's uh, It's been an absolute Pleasure to be watching sport this weekend. Aussie Open started. We get Jaslyn Hewitt on the show. Jason Stevens, I love him. So much rugby league to talk about. All right, Shano. Well, they went under the Harbour Bridge and they celebrated the Sydney Sixers. They deserved it. It was, it was a cracking win. And I went and I took uh, my boy and his mate. Such an atmosphere at the SCG. Wasn't it brilliant? It it, it was a perfect night and then to uh, to the perfect season for the Sixers. The the storm clouds cleared and, and they played really well. James Vince, um, what what a series he had. Um, the English opening batsman scored 95 or 60 balls. It was a real shame he didn't get 100, but that sort of built all the a lot of anticipation from the crowd there. But look, the Sixers just had a team that had so many winners across all facets of the game. They had had it covered with the batting. Dan Christian once again came in, scored 20 or 14 balls. But uh, Dwarshus, the, the left-arm fast bowler for the Sixers, I thought had a really big impact this year. Um, he took three for 37, and then Jackson Bird, two for 14. So the Sixers, really, really good win. Um, that puts them now equal top of the uh, the all-time winners for the Big Bash, equal with the um, with the Scorchers. So well done, the Sixers. There always is a little bit of criticism about the schedule, whether there's too much or too little. But I tell you what, at the ground, the atmosphere, just phenomenal. The opportunity for young people to text in and say, what song do you want to hear? It was such a carnival atmosphere and um, yeah it was it was brilliant a lot of cricket being played overseas some interesting test matches Joe Root in form in India and a, a little known West Indian this is some sort of comeback against Bangladesh yeah mate well Joe Root uh, he's gone down in history the first player ever to score a double hundred in his 100th test match and um, so he scored I think this in his last four innings, he scored 187, 192, and now a big double hundred, uh, playing really, really well. And yes, that that West, West Indian game that that was unbelievable to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Twenty eight year old Kyle Myers with a double hundred, and and to get that run chase was was just superb. Uh, the Joker has hit back. I, I was waiting for this. He was going to always hit back at uh, Curios after he he's had a crack at him and called him all sorts of names. Um, he said that he has plenty of respect for him on the court, but off the court, there's little respect. Uh, these guys aren't going to swap Christmas cards, are they? Look, when you've won so many tournaments like the Joker has, um, he could come back and say these sort of things. And look, it's up to Nick now to, to prove him wrong. And uh, hopefully he can prove him right both on the court and off the court and uh, really come back and, and take him down. But So it's, it, it all bodes well for a real spicy, fantastic tournament at the Australian Open. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's get into this show because there's so much to talk about. Jaslyn Hewitt, events all over the weekend in tennis. And later on, we're going to talk to Jason Stevens. This is Afternoon Sport. Oh, great to have your company, Afternoon Sport. Well, we've had so much anticipation about the Australian Open, of course, moved to February because of COVID-19. Jaslyn Hewitt, we are finally here. Yes, we are. It all kicks off today. Uh, we've got 22 Aussies in the draw, which is a is a fantastic achievement, and hopefully we'll get a few of them through to the second week as well. Uh, Jazz, so the big focus today is on um, Nick Kyrgios tonight. Yes, yeah, so Nick will get on court tonight. We've also got Lizette Cabrera who will play against Simona Halep, which will be a great match. I mean, it's a very tough draw for her. On the men's side of things, I think Nick should be quite comfortable out there. Uh, you got John Millman competing as well and 
Bernard Tomic will step on the court today. Uh, so that will be an interesting one. What about Kyrgios, uh, the Djokovic uh, or Djokovic, uh, whichever way you want to pronounce his name, has, has hit back his return serve. He said, look, I respect him as a tennis player, but off the court, I, I don't have much respect for him and that's where I'll leave it. So after being called a tosser and a knob and all these other things by uh, Kyrgios, he's, uh, he's had a bit of a whack back as he heads to a possible nine Australian Opens, Djokovic. Yes, uh, I think there's no love lost there, that's for sure. And I think they'll need to let their rackets do the final talking. So hopefully we'll actually get to see them compete against each other and Nick will go deep in the draw. Both have had their issues on and off the court, but I think the way that uh, Nick has been handling himself in recent times, uh, I think we're actually proud of him and what he's been doing. So um Probably uh, Novak could take some lessons from Nick right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, interesting comments from Nadal. Um, he sort of he's, he's a very honest sort of guy. Well, he appears that way anyway. But um, he sort of said after um, coming out of uh, lockdown, the two week isolation, he felt really good. He's now saying he doesn't feel quite as good, and his preparation hasn't been ideal. So, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, you never know when they're coming into press conferences what they're going to actually talk about and how they're going to handle things. And given where their bodies are, yes, they'll probably come straight out of quarantine, excited to be out and and playing and competing, although he was in the Adelaide quarantine, so it's a lot better for him than the other players that were in the, one, the hard lockdown in Melbourne or uh, two, the normal lockdown in Melbourne where the five hours training everybody's age and I think his age at the moment is probably wear and tear on his body and uh, just needing to make sure that that load is still up. Um, Is it trying to uh, protect himself going into an event, possibly, um, but we'll wait and see how he goes. The the big result for Australia, on, and we can talk more to how many titles were uh, decided yesterday because it was all congested, no Thursday tennis because of quarantine, but, but Ash Barty, a ninth WTA title, the world number one. Yeah, Ash was able to beat Gabin Muguruza yesterday in the Yarra Valley. Uh, she had an easier semi-final with Serena Williams withdrawing with that shoulder injury and having that day off uh, definitely would have allowed their players to freshen up a little bit. But uh, Ash is in great form and I think we're definitely going to see her perform well during the Australian Open. There was a lot of other events, uh, as you said, go on yesterday. So in the other women's event, it was Elise Mertens beat Kaya Canopy uh, in the final. But I think it's more interesting on the uh, men's side of things. You had the young and up-and-coming Italian player Yannick Sinner win over there. And then Daniel Evans beat uh, Felix Auger. Ali Samin, the uh, young Canadian. So you've got all these young players coming up and running, uh, which will definitely be interesting. And tonight we've got Yannick Sinner playing Denis Shapovalov. Um, so the next generation of men, male tennis players are really coming through. Hey, Timmy, you were just saying Ash Barty won the ATP tournament. The trophy that Ash received was a really interesting trophy. Yeah, I think uh, she was uh, really taken aback with that and loved getting uh, receiving a trophy made by an Indigenous man. I think his name was Wamba Wamba. So um, it did. It was a wombat um, on a on a board, and uh, the wombat looks amazing. But uh, no, to to bring out the Australian Indigenous artwork, I think it's fantastic for our trophies. It's been an amazing effort, hasn't it, by Craig Tiley and, and the rest of those involved. I would think that there hasn't been a hell of a lot of sleep the last month or so for them. When you think about it, and you've mentioned so many of the names there, they've all come out here. We've had a, a couple of blips, a couple of uh, you know blow-ups, but really to, to get to today uh, has just been brilliant. 
No, it is a massive achievement. The work that they've put in for the last six months, knowing uh, all the phone calls, what's going on behind the scenes with trying to get players here and making sure that the players are here and uh, trying to keep them as comfortable as possible when they did arrive. Uh, The slight hiccup on Thursday with the security guard testing positive and then having all of the players, over 500 people related to the event who were at the Grand Hyatt to then go get retested and all come back negative with their testing. Um, It's just made the the show go on and it's it's a phenomenal achievement. You're not to forget where the wheelies are playing out at the Hume Tennis Centre out there with their lead-up events before the Australian Open as well. So so it has been a massive spectacle to try to get everyone together. But, uh, no, Craig has done a fantastic job. And, of course, talking to results again, the ATP Cup, um, some emotional scenes in the ATP Cup across uh, the weekend. Yeah, as always with uh, players representing their country. Unfortunately, Australia lost in their qualifying rounds. They had a tough match first up against Spain. Um, They couldn't quite get through that one, so that was disappointing for them. But uh, the winners of the ATP Cup this year were Russia. And again, you can see on the the men's side, those young males coming through, Daniel Medvedev and Andrea Rublev, uh, beating the Italian team. So the Italians have some really good juniors coming up that we really need to take note of. Jazz, you've got a tough job here pronouncing some of those names. Listen, the eyes of the world are, are on us, aren't they? Um, Wimbledon cancelled last year. Will the Olympics go ahead? Yes, yeah, so at the moment they're saying the Olympics will still go ahead, even though there's been speculation uh, that it's not. But I think it's just a great achievement that we're still able to have the Australian Open. Yep. And I think the positive with all the players is that we've got crowds here. So they were shocked in Adelaide with how, how much it is, how many crowds and spectators were sitting in the audience. Uh, unfortunately for the Victorian spectators, they're going to have to wear their masks even in an open-air uh, stadium. However, at least they're still going to have uh, some people to entertain. Yeah, absolutely. And, and very much, as you mentioned, eyes of the world on exactly what does happen, could it be, and it will be, uh, the template, you'd think, um, going forward, because if uh, the rest of the world, as numbers start to come down, can see this event going off, um, as we all hope, 2021 will be a much more positive 2020, uh, and uh, we speak to sport and the rest of our lives. Thanks so much, Jazzy. Thanks, guys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, former rugby league player, well, he did it all, didn't he? Jason Stevens joins us. So much to talk about. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com. Well, we're just a few weeks away from the rugby league season kicking off, uh, rich in anticipation. And uh, look, it looks like a pretty close competition, but there's already been plenty of drama going on. It's great to have a guy that's done it all in rugby league on the line right now. Jason Stevens, how are you? Done it all except for winning a grand final. Thanks, Tim, for the memory. But yeah, <laughs> Good to hear your voice, old mate. Yeah, you too. Hey, Jason, uh, Shane Lee here, mate. Um, we'll kick off. Um, let's start with, with Payne Hass. Um he got into an incident with, with the police and he, and he said that he's, he's still grieving over the loss of his brother. Yeah. I mean, I, look, there's a couple of things. I mean, number one, I, I've, I've really got great respect and, and admiration for our police force, I've got to say. And, um, you know, they, they cop a lot. They really do out in the streets. They cop a lot. So we, we probably didn't – they didn't need that. But in, in saying that, 
it, to to Payne's credit, you know, he was extremely remorseful, and uh, you know, he's he, he's vowing to sort of make amends and has taken those steps. And you know, he's he's a he's a younger guy. He's a, such a big man. You forget how you know he's still a younger bloke coming through. It's not an excuse at all, and it's yeah. unacceptable. And he knows that, but. You know, I heard that Petro was going to do some mentoring and, yeah, he's my former roommate. He, you won't meet a, a nicer guy who who just would be able to help him navigate those tricky waters because I know I know Payne's got a bit of a, a tough history as well. Mm. Yeah, he's got to get it right, though. You don't you don't have a lot of time to get it right, do you, Jason? Because he, he has had a couple of indiscretions in the past. He's going to be punished here and he needs to learn quick. There'd be no one who could teach uh, that kind of behaviour, like Petro could, but he needs to listen. No, no, he does. He de- definitely does. It's, a, it's, uh, you, you, you know, rugby leagues are co- kind of a, in, in a way, it's a f- forgiving game. They're always, always looking to give people second chances. But you know, you don't want to, you don't want to keep pushing the, the boundaries of that because the thing is, as well, is, is that, you know, that, then, then it can affect the rest of the club in terms of sponsors and in terms of your branding and. And I think that's an issue that we've seen with with uh, Israel Falau's uh, rejection at St George. You know, you know, it's just not one player; it's how it affects that whole club and the financial viability often of a club. Yeah, and what were, what were your thoughts now? You're talking about second chances. He's had more than two, I reckon. But um, were, were you uh, uh, for or against him coming back to the NRL? Well, Israel Falau. Yeah. Well, it's a tough one because as a player and as a former player and as a fan of the game now watching it. You got to say if he was in the team, like you know, he, he would add incredible value to to the the playing roster in terms of his ability because he's freakishly, uh, you know, good as we all know. But you know, rugby league—it's just—it's more than about what happens on the field. It's you know, you've really got to consider that it's a business, really, and yeah, okay. and I think just having having the the tension there with potential sponsors. I mean, if you if you were to remove a uh, St. George Bank from St. George, I mean, you, you leave the, the club in dire straits. And so um, you've really got to understand that the clubs are so reliant and they need to support their sponsors and their branding and their vision. And so it made it in- incredibly hard, I think, for St. George to move forward as much as they probably would have because of his ability on the field. You think that he will pick up a contract? That That's my gut feel, though. Like, I... Oh, I don't know how long you can stop someone from playing when there's no illegality. I'm just looking at it. I don't agree with what he said. I've made that point quite clear. But I've got a feeling that at one point he, at 31, is too good. And if his desire is to play in the competition, that desire for competitive edge from the teams themselves will mean he's going to end up with one of them. I really think it comes down, Tim, to the the, the support of the club – from those who are making the decisions, um, and and often that is always linked, I think, to in this modern day to to sponsors and to those that are in a way propping up the clubs. Because even though if, even if the desire is there from every team, if they don't get the support of 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 sponsors, I I, I think you know the reality is he, he won't he won't play. But if there's a change of heart in that realm where they go, you know what we we we've seen that he he wants to. You know he's going to clamp down on on his social media, and there's things in place, and and a club says, yeah, well, and and sponsors are happy with that. Then there's 
there's an opportunity. But outside of that, I, I, the sponsors want to win, though. They've got a great desire to win. There's that. That's that. That may be something that tips it over the edge. The backlash. Oh no, I understand that. I understand that. No, I agree. I agree. That's it's, it's a double-edged sword, really. You're right. Hey, Jason, another team looks like it's coming to Brisbane. Yeah, that's right. I was. I'm old enough to have played against the South Queensland Crushers. Mario, Mario Fennick, Chris McKenna, and against all those players. And really, see, I mean, the thing is, is that the franchise didn't work, and and it was, you know, it was it, it was a second-tier Brisbane team. So if they do it. They've got to do it well. They've got they've got to take a leaf out of. You know, I remember playing with St George and Brian Smith was a coach and and we played against um, the Sydney Swans. We trained against them under Ron Barassi and and I tell you, this was in the early days and they couldn't. They were giving us sponsorships. They were saying, "Does your family want to come to the games? We'll give them sponsorship memberships." And you look at what they've done now. They've done it so so well. How they've infiltrated. Uh, not only the New South Wales market, but which was which was the heartland of rugby league. Really, they've done it so well. We, we if we're going to do it, we need to do it really well and get the right team in place. Because you don't want another South Queensland Crushers, to be honest with you. You don't want another story like that. You don't want another Western Reds. You want them to do it right. And I, I still I think there's room for expansion. I really do. I'm in favour of it. I'm in favour of a, another team in New Zealand. I still think there's opportunity there. Yeah, so I think, you know, if we can exp- – I'm all in favour of expanding the game. I just think we've got to do it right. Well, it's great talking to you. Hopefully we'll have you on as a regular on Afternoon Sport. But uh, you're an interesting and fascinating character, a good mate of mine. But you've gone and studied. You've done all, all the study. But you're now a, a man of the movies, a man of Hollywood, a man of Broadway. Tell tell us about where you're at. Tell us a bit about the movie that you released. Oh, thanks. Well, and thank you, Tim, for your help, um, uh, help promoting that back in the day. Um, Chasing Comets is, is out on, yeah, it was the film, first film I did. It's out on stand at the moment and then Channel 10 as well. And so it was, it was well received. It was, it was uh, nominated for Australian Directors Guild Award. And, you know, was, I was really happy for a first, a first go. And, and now I'm, I'm hoping to film my second one in, uh, this year as well. But it's very different. It's about a cheerleader called Sula, who's a bit, a bit bigger than most. And her, uh, her dream is to cheerlead, but her dad wants her to take over the Sublaki store. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What's that going to be called? That's great. It's a great, great idea. Yeah, it's going to be. It's a real coming. It's a coming of age. It's an underdog type story called Finally Me. So I'm I'm in the midst of getting that ready now. Tim, are you uh, are you going to try trying out for the, for the lead role, Timmy? Well, look, I, I have I have <laughs> spoken to him. I have spoken to him. Oh, you'd be perfect for that dad. If you could do a Greek accent, his name is well, well, Mr. Mitchell. I can do lab. I can do lab. You know that. I'm half lab. You Look, can fake it. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I've been faking it most of my life. The um, <laughs> now, you, you put gel in your hair this morning or today because you you, you thought this was visual. You're certainly, uh, you, you're certainly not uh, your archetypal, archetypal front rower, are you? Well, mate, I mean, uh, back in the day, I, it, was t- it was one of the first to come out tinting the hair and... Uh, and, uh, you know, it was everyone was saying, can you do I had New South Wales selectors going, why is he tinting? Why is he tinted the hair? He's not helping himself. He's not He's not helping us pick him. And so I actually had that feedback. But, um, hey, you gotta, you got to live a little, don't you? Hey, Jace, uh, I hear congratulations is, is in order too, mate. The big front row has got, got a little baby now, mate. How's that going? Yeah, yeah, little Presley. He, he's he's doing so well. I was born on Elvis's birthday, and so I'm a big Elvis fan, and so we named him Presley. And, Beautiful. mate, it sings. 
he sings at daycare like no he's just singing all day and the teachers keep keep ringing us and okay we've got all these tunes in our head because he sings all day so <laughs> who, who knows what's ahead of him but yeah he's he's a he's such a great kid he's brought so much joy to our life my wife Beck, she's just a great mum and and I'm really enjoying fatherhood as much as the, it's taken it out of me. I'm a bit late to the party. I'm 48, but um, I'm loving it. Yeah, wait till they talk back at you. That's the no, they they are beautiful, but they send you to every edge of the spectrum. You see the you see the world in living colour. Jason Stevens, always a great uh, treat to chat with you. I can't wait to hear more about. Uh, uh, the, the kebab shop and the new movie with the cheerleader. And yes, even if I'm that uh, wild old uncle. And you and Shane do have something in common. You both had your blonde tips going in your heyday. Shane, I've got to say he pulled it off, as did his brother. Because don't, don't tell me Brett's was, was all natural. I hope you thought a bit of hair there, mate. Anyway. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Tell all your friends as well. Big thank you to Jason Stevens, to Jaslyn Hewitt and our great sponsors, Shane. SpartanSportsHQ.com. And when it comes to podcasts, he's just the very, very best. Our producer, Dan McHugh, thank you. See you tomorrow, boys. We'll see you then, guys.